Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Footy in Paradise podcast. Welcome to the Footy in Paradise podcast. That's the end of the game. So, Can Saints run out victorious 14 10 94. 19 point winners here over the South Cairns Cutters 10 15 75. Hawks went out of the gate, kicked a goal in the first minute, and they never let that advantage slip. Eventually, running out winners, nine goals. 6.60, plays one goal, 4.10. This is Neil. And there's the side. That's the end of it. That is Tigers run away. Four goal winners. 24 points, 10.13, 73 to the Blunderhawks, 6.13.49. And there's the siren. Crocs with a really strong performance today. The only blemish was their kicking on goal, but... 33 scoring shots to 13 shows the dominance in the game. Crocs, 13 goals, 20, have defeated Central's Trinity Beach. Eight goals, five in a really strong display. As the Crocs start the year, three and zero. Just misses, and there goes a siren. It's a big boil over here. We have the South Cairns Cutters, victorious, 8 9 57. Big winners over the Can Saints, 3-3-21. Round three is in the books, and I'm joined by Jesse Dreamer, my co-host of the Footy in Paradise podcast, to review all of the awesome games we had on the weekend. JD, what was your standout, mate? Uh, I was lucky enough to head up the highway to Port Douglas, and look, I think it was probably a, a similar theme across the board. Not exactly too many upsets apart from one which we'll talk about in the women's competition but uh, really interesting footy uh, and seeing two completely different game styles up in Port Douglas between the Crocs and the Bulldogs was an interesting battle I thought. Yeah it was mate we'll get to that shortly actually I want to start at Kazali Stadium Uh, we had uh, the Hawks against North Cairns as we know North Cairns coming off the short break uh, I spoke to Coach Jason Tom in the lead-up, and he actually wasn't too concerned about the short turnaround, given it's still early in the year, and he's sort of riding that high of the win uh, into into Saturday's game. So uh, I think that they were quite confident going into that one, and at the end of the day, they, they got it done uh, against a determined Hawks. And uh, again, speaking to Coach Wayne uh, Siegman, he... He was pretty pleased with the performance, obviously disappointed to lose. Uh, thought that it was just moments that let them down in the game. There were some key points. Uh, he mentioned specifically in the third quarter, uh, I think they kicked one goal three, had the momentum, missed a couple they should have, and then uh, North went down the other end and kicked a couple, got got their, their lead out to a couple of goals and uh, never looked back. Uh, anything, that any key takeaways from that game? Yeah, look, at, t- to me, it's it's a little bit of where the, the two clubs are at as well. And I think the Hawks can probably take some, some great confidence out of it. I know, again, as you said, disappointed in the loss, but North, we've seen them for the last couple of weeks. They're, they're really in a good spot at the moment. They're really building. Um, and the Hawks can kind of, I, I think, take a bit of confidence from the fact that, okay, well, it's not just the Tigers and the Hawks, they're the kind of cellar dwellers anymore. The Tigers are really starting to push up into that next rung, obviously knocking off South Cairns during the week. So the fact that the Hawks were able to actually push them for four quarters and really challenge them is a good sign. And hopefully, again, it's that confidence in, okay, well, we've got a system that is starting to really hopefully get some 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 real traction as the season goes on. Yeah, I know they're, they're keeping teams under 100 points, which is yep. a goal uh, for the head coach there at the Hawks. Uh, look, without Lockie Martin went down pre-game, so that you know there was short one on the bench from from the first quarter, which has happened two weeks in a row to them. Uh, although they did have Harbrow, he had just quietly had 
33, I think 31, sorry, and went at 80%, just hitting targets, dodging and weaving tackles all day. Um, So great to see him back on the field at Kazali's. Uh, So plenty to take away from the Hawks. I think, uh, you know, disappointed to lose, but they'd be spurred on by um, the thought that they were in the game for for the majority of the day. Uh, Mate, let's move to the women's game uh, for the Hawks versus North. Pretty dominant performance by the Hawkies. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Hawks are... I obviously seen them last week they pushed the Saints all the way to the brink with quite a few players out um, all we, we can keep saying is we've seen enough for them to say they're going to be thereabouts this year as one of the contenders that they've they've got talent across the lines they've obviously got a few players back from injury that missed a substantial portion of last year as well um, they've got I touched on it last week they've got the, the strength inside, they've got some good outside runners, they've got marking targets up forward, strong defenders, they're, they're, they're covered across all lines, so they're going to be thereabouts. And um, where that, that ends up, I think, is they've still got to face City Lions. Um, I'm sure they'll be really keen to, to face the Saints again when they're full strength, um, but a really strong performance. Yeah, they've got a good mix of experience and youth uh, and, you know, talls and smalls around the ball. So uh, definitely a, a good-looking lineup on uh, on paper and when they put it all together, it's quite impressive. Uh, mate, let's uh, let's head up, up the highway. You were up at Port uh, for the couple of games up there. Uh, pretty dominant win in the end for Port over Centrals. Uh, what were some of the highlights for you? Yeah, it was pretty dominant. And I think the scoreboard kind of didn't necessarily do it justice. They didn't kick overly straight Port, uh, but in terms of general control of the, gra- the game, the, you and I obviously watched the, the Kansas City Lions game against Trinity last week, and it was a fairly similar battle in that Trinity were able to just kind of hang in with the game because they were efficient in front of goal. They have that game stop at the moment where they're putting their numbers behind the footy and catching teams out a little bit on the counter-attack. And um, yes, that works from time to time, but it let a lot of the time in this game, the likes of Harvey Moore, Dill Winton, Jared Petrenko really just set up behind the footy. And it was really difficult for Trinity to get through. And we caught up with Harvey Moore after the game uh, and talked to him about what it's like playing in that defensive group. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Down there, all, all the boys work together well and bloody will push off and man up and cover each other. So it's really good. So, yeah, as, as, as Harvey said, it's a, it's a really strong group to be a part of at the moment. Uh, and their outside runners were, again, really dominant. The, the likes that we've seen quite a, quite a bit now. Um, Jack Shanahan was really impressive. Brett Kennedy, who's an, a new addition to the, the, the port lineup this year, he was... He was really dangerous, kind of across half back and pushed into the midfield as well. And um, that forward line is a really dynamic group. Obviously, you've got the tools in Salter and Staple that that are going to draw a lot of attention. Um, but that allowed the likes of, of Jake Zaborrell to get loose, kind of when the ball hit the ground. So really dangerous performance from Trinity side of things. Zach Smith dominant in the ruck. Um, would have won kind of 90% of the hitouts just just looking without having a look at the stats. Um, but one of the things that I think is going to that, that clubs will go to work with with him over the next kind of few weeks is Port did a really good job of sharking his taps. They didn't necessarily go okay. Well, we're going to try win centre clearances from Ethan McCulloch. McCulloch did a fantastic job trying to at least compete, but then on ground level. But Port were just reading Smith's work all around the ground and, and were able to kind of dominate the centre work from there. Yeah. 20 extra scoring shots yep. report for a 45-point yep. win. So yep. that probably says a bit more about their dominance of yep. the game yep. uh, than the scoreline. Uh, mate, great great review there. Uh, we'll move to Griffiths Park, which I had the privilege of uh, watching the Saints up against yep. South. Uh, very spirited performance by South. So yep. we'll say coming off a, a loss on Tuesday, 
Loss of some key plays, no Damien Hill, no James Boyd in this one. Uh, they, they put in, you know, when when they were struggling at halftime, they were down by, you know, 30-odd, I think, and it looked like their Saints were just going to run over the top and uh, kick clear, and they dug deep, kicked a few in the third, got themselves up and about, and they were a sniff in the fourth, uh, ran out of legs in the end, and Saints just too good. But uh, I think Coach Chris uh, Bucks would be quietly impressed with the performance with the performance on Saturday given the short turnaround and um, the missing some of their some of their key players so uh, not not the worst from South although 0-3 to start the year yeah absolutely look I think it's look I obviously calling the game at the same time we're just keeping up to date with the scores but I, you're right I, I saw the scores early in the game and thought this could be a blowout but the fact that they've at least responded they've stayed in the contest um, against the Saints team that are again going to be thereabouts in terms of one of the contenders this year um, it is good signs that after what happened on Anzac Day going into a really poor start you could have probably excused them for turning their heels up a little bit and it turning into as I said a blowout but um, there is that I guess spirit amongst the group but as you said it's, it's 0-3 uh, they are they, it's a long way back but in saying that they've still got quite a bit of talent throughout that lineup that's either in at the moment or at least coming back in that they'll bounce that they'll expect to at least get a response from that group yeah they certainly do have the talent and you know I think they're still finding a way with structure yep. and positions like they had to flip a few things around in the game Cam Islet played uh, in the middle for a chunk of time went forward kicked some goals quite effective up there but also took some intimate intercept marks behind the ball Jay Moody went forth uh, went forward in the third quarter and had an impact and looked really damaging um, Ryan you asked the free, ex-Fremantle docker started back and that wasn't really work. sorry started forward I should say wasn't really working wasn't getting the service he was after they moved him behind the ball and he he got more involved Lee McCarthy um, got his hands on the footy a lot more than he has in the first couple of weeks so I think they're still figuring figuring out you know what works best for their team on the on the flip side Saints uh, you know they they looked good uh, Adam Gross back in the side he just gave him an extra layer of uh of damaging forwards and takes the the work off uh, Straker and um, and, and Cade Wellington these sort of guys it's just less attention to them you got Adam Gross one out and uh, like I'll talk about a bit later he's just so dominant in those situations and creates so many scoring opportunities so uh, look the Saints looked very good and coming off a bye like you know they were fresh first home game for the year there was a lot going right for them they had to had to find a little bit in that third and fourth to make sure that they kept a couple of goals clear, um, but they did so and, and never really looked like losing, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and look, it's a tough one from their side of things. We have to acknowledge, obviously, playing first up after a long preseason, playing a game and then having a week off and going again, it's that in itself. I know that they, they trained Anzac Day, they trained through last weekend. So for them, I'm sure they're still building into the year as well. So for them to be able to bank the win and um, move on, I think is a good result for them as well. There was a positive note, however, for South Cairns uh, on the day, and that was in the women's yep. twilight game against the Saints. 41-game winning streak broken by the South Cairns ladies. And to be honest, we're, we're calling it the upset, but like I said to Coach Lance Henderson, you know, they were dominant all yep. day. That, was, that wasn't really an upset. They came in, they've they're in red hot form. The Saints have been, you know, just getting themselves yeah. over the line. Yeah. They were missing a bunch of players, including, I believe, uh, Coach Kyle Tripp was away. Uh, so 
you know, they, they were underdone the Saints, but you know, the South nonetheless were very impressive and just completely obliterated that game, ran over the top of them, kicked well, scored plenty of points. Um, dominated the contest. Uh, it was very impressive by the Cutters girls. Yeah, I, th- I think you're, you're completely right. It's an upset in the sense that of the winning streak, probably alone, because those that have seen the Saints, yeah, the Saints were two and zip, but not overly convincing. The Cutters looked really impressive in their first two games and, and carried that on again on Saturday. And so I think you're completely right that I think the, the Cutters is just proving where they're probably at this year and um, they're right in the mix with those other teams, at least early on anyway, with... with that really strong mix inside and outside and looking through the best players and those that really performed that you would have seen on the day as well. But again, it's those those names we've seen the first couple of weeks that it's not just relied on those few. It's um, They've got the strong ball winners inside. They've got the dangerous forwards involved amongst the best players. They've got their, um, their strength behind the footy as well. It's those kind of players that we've really seen stand up early that are still part of those strong performances. Mate, you're exactly right. It is across the park. Uh, Matty Campbell played well, kicked yep. a couple of goals. Unique Naoi is just dominating through the middle and pushing forward. Rachel Broad kicked a couple of great goals before, unfortunately, she came off injured. Tegan Rogers through the middle. Tatiana Finland speaks yep. to itself. Sarah Bel- Belton, there was yep. no Chester this week. Uh, so the, look, on paper, it's, you know, they're matching on the field. You know, there's quality everywhere. Yep. Patricia Hart, Patricia yep. Simeona, like the, the list goes on. Yep. So, you know, some of these younger players that in the last couple of years are still finding their way. It's like this, they're having breakout years, but there's multiple of them, yep. um, which is probably goes to show why they're having some, some success. I spoke to coach uh, Lance Henderson before the game, just a bit of a, you know, what, what are you expecting? What are you, what's the game plan? There's just a bit of chit chat. And uh, he actually said that one of his coaching goals was to break or to beat the Cairns Saints uh, women. And obviously he did that. And we had, I had an opportunity to speak to him uh, quickly after the game. Just note that he isn't sweaty. The girls got around him and sprayed him down with, uh, with water bottles before I got a chance to interview him. Here he is. Mate, uh, the girls got you around around you at the end there. Massive win. I want to say huge upset, but you absolutely dominated the game and, and never really looked like losing. Uh, how proud of you of the girls? Oh, mate, super proud. Um, the hard work they put in on and off the field, um, what we've done in the off-season, and it just shows. Yeah, super, super proud. Mate, you told me before the game that one of your coaching goals was to actually beat the Saints. They've been on a three-year run. No one's been out to touch them. 41-game streak, and, and you've broken it. What, what's been the key to this playing group, the start of this year, 3-0? and um, Just their dedication. So, you know, they're dedicated on the field and off the field, and uh, it shows, you know, um, getting around each other. Uh, cutters at the moment have really good numbers, um, and, yeah, just getting around each other and making good mateships, and that's how it's been. Oh, mate, credit to you, credit to the girls, credit to the club. It's done really well. Enjoy the win. Thanks very much, mate. Uh, so yeah, very impressive win by the the Cutters uh, from the Saints side of things. I thought uh, Freight, I think that's how you say her last name. She actually played really well on Finland. She was aggressive. She played, you know, Finland didn't have a lot of space all day. Yeah, I think she still kicked a couple of goals and had her moments, but it wasn't like we've seen the first couple of years. So a lot of uh, a lot of positives they can take about uh, they can take out of that defensive uh, pressure that they put on her. Uh, it was good to see Steph Muka back from uh, for the South. Uh, she again had her moments, not as dominant as she was last year. Still finding her way again this season, um, but overall, just great win by South Cairns and what a hot start to the year. They've got to be title favourites, you think, only after three rounds. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, as I said, we 
Menunda and, and some of the teams are still yet to kind of put out their full strength sides, but from what we've seen from the cutters, they are absolutely in terms of it's a consistent game style as well. It's not just relying on their talented players to get them across the line. You can see there's a fair, there's a consistent style that they're trying to play. Um, so it doesn't necessarily matter. They can plug and play. It, it is it's still the same style, kind of style they're playing with, which is really good to see. Mate, before we move to the tribal MVP votes, I want to. We don't often talk about the development. Uh, we don't have too much time, but I do want to give a quick shout out to Fred Pitarino and Alex McQueen from the Hawks and Saints, respectively, winding back the clock and kicking bags of seven each, and uh, very impressive performances by each of those gentlemen. Uh, okay, into the tribal MVP votes. Do you want to start us off with the women, mate? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with one vote, and this has been a consistent name across the first few games. And so again, rewarded in the votes, Georgie Murphy from the Saints. Um, she's she, she provides that outside run for the Saints, eye catching in the way that she does play, um, but has absolutely kept them in the contest. And at, at moments in games, especially the first two, um, has probably got them over the line when they've needed that run and carry, which we've, we've noted a few times is really key to the women's game. Uh, another one that has been a consistent performer and rewarded for the first time in the votes this year is Jocelyn Bowditch from the South Cairns Cutters. Um, a, a really consistent game from, from Jocelyn and it's almost a reward for a really consistent start to the season as well with her two votes. They, they absolutely love her there at yep. South Cairns and like you said, it's, it's week in, week out, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, three votes to, to Remy Banton, kick three goals for the Manda Hawks. Um, really strong performance from the Hawkeys girls. Uh, but again, we, we, we've highlighted a few times. There is, doesn't matter how dominant you can be in general play, you've actually got to still put the score on the board. So three goals is really important. Yeah, if you're kicking three, four goals in a game in, in the women's competition, we know it's a bit lower scoring. That's a significant impact. Yeah, absolutely. Four votes, uh, Remy's teammate, Kameru Sangoro from the Menunda Hawks. Um, best of field from the Hawks side of things. Uh, racked up plenty of the ball. And, and again, we probably thought going into the game that North Cairns were going to really push the Hawks, but uh, a, a couple of players really did stand up and, and Kameru was, was one of the ones, especially from the Hawks side of things. Um, and keeping with it relatively consistent theme, wanting to reward those players that have, have really had a strong start to the season. Uh, five votes went to Patricia Hart from South Cairns Cutters. She's, she's been electric. Um, I've seen her quite a few times this year, obviously, and um, her, her ability to win the ball in tight and, and kind of set up the team from around stoppages, but then also transition and get involved in the general play. She's been super, super impressive and well-deserving of the five votes. Certainly is, mate. That run and carry um, out of the centre has been magnificent. Uh, mate, we'll, we'll shift into the men. Uh, so one vote for me, Harvey Moore, mentioned him earlier in the Port game. Just uh, He's had a great start to the year yep. um, in all three of their games. He had 21, went at 91%, three inside 50s as well. Two votes to Cam Islet from South Cairns. Bloke just did not stop all day, was battered, bruised, got bashed, a few, bashed up a few times and kept getting up, um, played forward, back, and in the, in the middle. He had some great numbers as well at 24, four intercept marks, three clearances, three inside 50, two goals, two. Three votes went to Dylan McConaughey, just a, a real leader's knock there uh, out of Griffiths Park. Uh, like I mentioned, when South gave him a nudge in that third quarter, he, he was the leader who was very vocal on the field uh, from the sideline as well when he was taking a spell and he, he made sure that they didn't get too close and uh, they were bouncing back. Uh, so well done to Dylan. He had 29, 14 contested, three clearances, four inside 50s and three goals three. And you can thank a good friend of his uh, for a couple of those we'll talk about shortly. 
Four votes went to Daniel Jackson. Uh, probably hasn't got the reward in our tribal MVP votes for his performances this year, but he's getting four this week. Uh, 33, uh, 33 touches, um, kicked two goals as well, uh, and it had 10 tackles. And we know North pride themselves on their pressure, and he's leading the way. He's not only getting disposals, uses the ball well, um, you know, demands high standards of his teammates. You quite see him when he's out there uh, getting stuck in, but you know he's he's setting the standard in terms of pressure as well. So uh, well done, Dan Jackson. He's had a great start to the year, great recruit for North Canton. Five votes goes to Adam Gross. Uh, we talk about match winners, and he certainly was that on Saturday. Uh, kicked five goals uh, and gave two absolute gimmies to uh, his captain, Dylan McConaughey. Uh, just you know a few metres out from the goal square, just hand-passed it on for an easy goal that he could have kicked himself. So uh, had a bag, but six forward, 50 contested marks, um, and seven overall. He is near on unstoppable one-on-one, uses his body so well. He's got such great experiences, and he links up with these fellow forwards um, extremely well. So a well-deserved five votes for Adam Gross. Uh, so that's a wrap for the tribal MVP votes. Uh, we'll put out the leaderboards um, shortly so everyone can have a look at, at how it's all going. Uh, mate, we want to move now into the Sun Lover stat of the week. Uh, so I've quickly pulled this one. I've been I've been following this for the for the first few weeks. It's um, and this will be the first time I've really highlighted. So from the weekend, the winning teams disposal efficiency they win at an, an average of seventy two point nine percent. So near on seventy three percent, and that was pretty consistent across all three teams. It wasn't you know one high one low. It was they were all around the seventy two percent mark. Losing teams, the average was 59.7%. So for me, that's quite telling. Uh, Disposal efficiency, we know how important it is, and and that stat sort of highlights, you know, what the winning teams are doing versus losing teams at this stage of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, even just speaking from the game I called on the weekend, the Port Douglas-Trinity Beach game, as I touched on earlier, that was a central theme, was that Port Douglas quite deliberately, and you can tell that's a Jared Petrenko kind of hallmark, is is looking for the fat side of the ground, looking to open up the space and switch play. They were doing that all day. They were looking to try and create space, chip mark, chip mark, chip mark, finding the way forward that way. Whereas Trinity were, were probably getting the numbers behind the footy and then just trying to kick it long down the line. And um, yeah, it worked at times. And sometimes they caught Port Douglas out the back where they were able to get numbers kind of overflowing the, the Port defenders. But once Port had kind of set up, they were then able to use their foot skills and move it around. That really kind of stifled any movement from Trinity Beach and that would have affected directly into that kind of efficiency. So I think we've seen it quite a few times now. This, the more that sides, and we saw that obviously with Kansas City as well, the more that they're able to open that ground up, start to use their foot skills, use the space, especially when the game starts to kind of, the, the legs start to come out of the game a little bit, it becomes a huge difference in the, in the game. Yeah, spot on, mate. I think that's a wrap yep. for this week's review, for the round three review. Uh, what else have we got look to look forward to this week, mate? Yeah, look, keep an eye out on the socials. There's plenty of things being featured. We've already got today up our Mark of the Round nominee, Brett Kennedy from Port Douglas Crocs, another handy recruit from them that he's a bit of a mix of fit, Mr. Fix-It for them. They can plug him in the mid, plug him down back, and he took a great screamer early in the first quarter. Uh, we'll have our goal of the week as well as our uh, wrapping up some of the key stats that we've talked on, um, key results, the ladders. Uh, so keep an eye on the socials throughout the week. And don't forget Gary Ablett at Central's this weekend. We'll be back later in the week to preview all of the footy for round four. Uh, so be sure to listen in then. Thanks, mate. Thank you.
This podcast series will take our listeners through the latest news, results, stats, exciting matchups across the AFL Cairns competitions. This podcast contains the thoughts and opinions of our presenters and isn't necessarily represented across the organisation.